Okay, welcome back to Bon Voyage, everybody. I'm your co-host, Rob. And I'm Adam. And joined with us for the third time, uh, our good friend, JP. Glad to be here for the trifecta. <laughs> uh, trying to remember which uh, other two, Live and Let Die and more recent. It was uh, Goldeneye. 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 So you will have done three different actors. We are watching Spectre today, our penultimate, is that what they call it? yeah. Penultimate, that's a tough word. I'm going to Google that word after this, actually. (laughs) It's the second last. Second Uh, last. I mean, we're going to do a couple other things, maybe a special, and then obviously no time to die, but this is the 23rd of the 24 movies. We were just talking about this uh, before you came over. We've done 24, this will be... No, 23. In 26 weeks. We only took three weeks off. And that sounds like a very long time, but that's a lot of movies. It's quite an investment. Yeah. Yeah. And we were kind of, we didn't really know where this was going. Uh, We weren't sure that we would actually do it, but it's kind of a sense of accomplishment to actually, I mean, it's not a big thing to ask of me to watch a Bond (laughs) movie every week, but to, you know, sit through it and to talk about it. It's actually to plan out some kind of, oh, we're going to do this and we did it. Yeah, Pretty much. I mean, a little bit uh, early to say, because who knows? True. One more but, movie. <laughs> but for my lazy ass to actually do it, I'm yeah. pretty happy with it. Was there a moment where you felt like, okay, shit, I'm not gonna, if I'm going to make it through this, like, did you ever feel like you were falling the, off? Those Rajis. Midway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like peak heat in the summer when we're like, it's Monday yeah. or Tuesday and we're tired. We had a busy weekend. We're going to watch a you know 70s movie it was it was hard especially for squeezing these. it in on the busy summer because summer just gets out of hand a lot of times mm-hmm. right you're like working it's hot and then like oh they're socializing or something and then oh we have to put a bond movie in and have to edit this podcast and yeah yeah all this stuff yeah but on this end of it we're really happy we pulled through and i'm super excited about this one we're, we're just coming off skyfall where we both had a blast and mm-hmm. uh this one isn't as loved but i think we'll really enjoy it there's a thing that happens with Bond movies, and when even it happened with Skyfall, it wasn't loved as much as it is now till after Spectre came out. Like the most recent one that's released, I think people get sick of and they get antsy for the next one. I think this one will age well. For some mm-hmm. reason, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Uh, the newer ones, this happened with Die Another Day, uh, aren't judged in the same way that the old ones are. Like with a bunch of eight, like we'll watch. Uh, well, we watched Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. That one's just beloved because it's so old, but it's also ridiculous. This one's held to a different standard. Like, they do a lot of silly things in this one, but if it was 30 years old, I think it would be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be, because I've we've gone through all these movies. I've seen them all once, basically. So watching this, I'm, I'm not going to, it's just another one of the Bond movies. I don't feel like I'm going to like expect it to be different in the same way there's there's some story stuff that sorry jp you've seen it right i have yeah in like the theater maybe mm-hmm. or shortly after it came out uh, a little after yeah okay what do you remember of skyfall this is one of the only ones actually that in our chronology and in the release order are the same are yeah hmm. like we watched oh no we did world is not enough and die another day those two actually came and out casino in that, quantum and casino and quantum so this mm. is the third time we've done actual sequential things in the release and our chronology uh do you remember skyfall you know the only thing i remember of skyfall was i bought a brand new tv and i was like trying out to see like how the high resolution would be and i put on skyfall and i remember like 
Very uh, good choice. Like seeing almost like the sweat dripping off his pores. I was like, oh my God, this TV is so good. <laughs> but that's all I really remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cinematography in that one is so good. That, oh, that, that's a good choice. Yeah. So it's the whole same team for this movie. Same. I pretty sure it's the same cinematographer sam mendez usually uses the same guy same director same crew same m same q money penny. the whole scooby-doo gang's back for this one so skyfall ended with m dying judy dench's m basically and uh R.I.P. yeah r.i.p exactly and then coming to the conclusion that there is still a world for the spy like the, the skyfall was about is the era of the spy over is it all done behind a com- like? Do we really need them? And in the like, M does an awesome speech where she talks about like the world isn't safe for now. Like there are armies without a country and without a flag. Like we we need spies now more than ever. And in the end, they like go analog, and Bond totally mm-hmm. saves the day again. So that's where we're at. M died, and we're very sure we still need a James Bond. And there's Daniel Craig has a new young Q, a new Money Penny, a new M. And it ended with him going into M's office and getting mm-hmm. a mission, which is very like yeah. a throwback to the old ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got chills remembering that. that oh man! Uh, especially doing this arc, like like Goldfinger was what episode four that we did, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like almost like exactly a replication of of that those scenes, right? Yeah. The so M Judy Dench's M had a big modern office, and now she died. And this guy is more old school. It's like mm. the classic M office. He had like the same Daniel, like double doors that are like quilted. Cushiony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seeing uh, Daniel Craig's Bond walk into the office, he didn't have a hat to put on the hat rack. But otherwise, that would have been that would have been too much. Great. And then he flirted with Money Penny a little bit, went into his office, and got a mission. Handed him a Manila envelope for your eyes only. Mm. Uh, 007 and he was like reporting for duty sir or whatever he said and yeah. that was the end to the Bond tune it was fucking awesome. yeah I'm getting chills too do you feel I'm missing out from not having seen Skyfall recently in decent recent memory well actually I was saying this before um, it'll be interesting to talk about that for you to just watch this as a movie and see if it's fun like without like could a random person just watch this and enjoy it mm-hmm I think that's one of its flaws is you will be missing out a little bit because there's a lot of callbacks, not only to this one, but they almost, what's the term, uh, shoehorn in stuff from mm. Casino and Quantum as well. Oh, really? And in our chronology, it won't really make sense because it's been 20 weeks mm-hmm. since he's done like mm-hmm. 30 years worth of missions between Quantum and this. But I'll talk about my theory about that, how it still works. It's mm-hmm. like calling back to his early career. This villain is personal. It's mm-hmm. out to get him and fuck with his head. So it could still mm-hmm. work, I think. And in true Bond fashion, it doesn't really need to make that much sense mm-hmm. to have fun, right? Yeah, that's this true. one just looks beautiful, too. Mm-hmm. Like That's another thing that bugs me. People are like, it doesn't make sense. It's just a series of awesome scenes. I'm like, you just described 75% of Bond <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm kind of, my impression going into this, it's called Spectre. And from what you've told me about it, it's like, this is going to be a solid, classic Bond movie in Craig's time. Exactly. Mm. And that's how I feel about it. Like, I, my face hurt. I was smiling so much <laughs> when I saw this in the theater. I went by myself. I was sitting next to a guy who was recording it. He had, like, a tripod up and was actually recording it. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to see it opening weekend because I was away or whatever. And I went Monday afternoon by myself, like a matinee. And there was, like, four other people in there. 
uh, it was like a one o'clock showing or whatever. And yeah, this I sat down in the middle, had my popcorn, was right excited, smiling, look over <laughs> to my left, and this shady dude with his hood up was just staring at me with his tripod set up. I was like, oh, all right. I like got up to I went to pee and then moved. <laughs> I'm like I don't want to be affiliated with you. I'm not going to tell on you. You do you, bud. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I think I mean I've I have seen once all the Craig movies, and I of what I remember of Spectre, it's a little like what you're saying. Um, I did feel a little lost mm. for not following uh, the whole series as diligently. Do you find when you watch any movie, especially in the theater, the first time that you're a little like if you watched Born Identity the first like one time, you're going to be like, I don't exactly know what happened there or a Mission yeah. Impossible yeah. movie. I feel like that's the case often. There is a linear plot to this one. I think that's the reason why these podcasts exist, right? Like, we, yeah. yeah, you you add it. You, you are a, a buffer in a sense for uh, all this information that came to you and, you know, it. it takes an investment to sit down and watch and rewatch and rewatch the movies and some people like uh and thankfully they exist uh do it and then yet then you can listen to a podcast and be like oh that's what they meant by that oh okay yeah. i didn't see that the first time and then you get the new appreciation so it's kind of like gives you the the cheat code for the game yeah <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah yeah or at least a different way of looking at it yeah you don't even necessarily have to agree agree with our take Another little bit of background reminded me to say it when you said this is called Spectre. So, so um, there's a lawsuit forever from, when was it? From like Diamonds Are Forever on, they did not have the license to use Blofeld or to use Spectre because it was in one of the books that the old partner of the old producer, he had the rights to it when they had a bad falling out. So they weren't allowed to touch, like as you've seen since... Sean Connery, Blofeld's been done. They had one little Mm -hmm. where they didn't even name him. And for your eyes only, uh, Roger Moore scooped him up and threw him down the smokestack. So Blofeld's dead in like the the traditional Blofeld, the one that Sean Connery was battling, that Bond was battling like 10 years ago in Arcanology. He's dead. And Spectre is basic. We think Spectre is done. So in our... (laughs) I'm, I'm kind of all over the place here. In our world, in our chronology, we haven't heard from Spectre in a long time. We think that after Bond defeated him at Peace Gloria, and then he kind of went, remember, in Honor Majesty's Secret Service? He defeated him there, and then yeah. he attempted to kill Bond once more, but Bond got the better of him and dropped him in a smokestaff. We haven't heard from Spectre since. That's our chronology. In the business world, they finally settled the lawsuit, and we're like, yeah. We we set up Bond so well at the end of Skyfall, let's bring back Spectre and have a good classic mm-hmm. Bond movie. So those are the two realities we're working in. And even in the real world, there's kind of two where there's one where Bond fans know Spectre and it's a classic thing, we're bringing it back and it's been a long time. But then they also, Casino is technically a reboot, so it's actually the first time we're seeing Spectre. Yeah, in mm. the technically, even the creators say so, I just refuse to accept it because I... <laughs> I prefer my chronology. Uh, technically, yeah, this is brand new. And they bring in, they bring back quantum and all that, that Spectre is just this yeah. big umbrella and all mm. criminal organizations work underneath it kind of thing. Because quantum was kind of supposed to be a replacement for Spectre. Exactly. But has mm. now been shoehorned in as a tentacle of Spectre. Exactly. Of. Yeah. Mm. I think that's about it. Yeah, I was actually curious about that on how your chronology ties in with the order that it came out right but it seems like what you're saying is for some movies you kind of went back and forth from you know roger moore to 
we tried to build it as like a realistic career right, that he could have had that has peaks and valleys and trauma and there's some tragedy and then he does some crazy missions after the tragedy to make up for it or whatever. But the it's, final three movies are in order. You're going Skyfall, Spectre, Quantum. Uh, there's one... No, sorry. You mean No Time to Die. No Time to Die, sorry. Uh, there's one more after. The last Raji we haven't done yet. Oh, the, really? View to a Kill, yeah. View to a Kill, okay. which I did after Spectre because he's very, very old, and it's a silly mission. And okay. I'll explain when we do that. Gotcha. And I chose that based off the trailer of No Time to Die and how uh, Spectre ends that I feel like... Well, I don't want to spoil the end of Spectre, but I think View to a Kill can fit in. We'll, we'll talk about it after. Mm, sure. Okay. I'll, I'll tease the next episode at the end of this podcast and why, uh, how I think Blofeld can come back and why it makes sense. I'll, I'll explain my yeah. little theory, how I can still make our chronology work. Other than that, yeah, keep an eye out for some uh, callbacks to some old movies, some scenes that look similar, lots of cool gadgets, a mm. proper hench person. Cool, is, cool. Yeah, it's just so awesome to see uh, my favorite Bond, and Daniel Craig, and it looks beautiful and it's entertaining with all the old tropes. I love it, I, and I, it drives me crazy that I have to defend it to the snobby Bond community <laughs> sometimes. Who like they'll you know they'll go to the trenches defending fucking Octopussy, yet they're hired on Spectre. Hmm. And again, it always sounds like I'm shitting on Octopussy for that. I'm just saying that one's fucking bonkers too. Yeah, I like it, but come on. How come you're okay with it because it was in the 70s or 80s, but you're not okay with it now? Because it kind of takes itself too seriously. I say the same about Octopussy. But this isn't as bonkers as Octopussy, I imagine. No, not at all. But they say at least Octopussy knows what it is. But it had serious moments, too, where it's like, oh, my God, the nuke's going to go off. And it's like really melodramatic. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and I don't mind that. It's just that's what people criticize about this one, that it has silly moments, but then it takes itself seriously. And, I mean, the big criticism, I don't want to, it's a spoiler. We'll, we'll talk about it after, the big okay. criticism that people have. You know, we could also argue that a lot of the <laughs> Bond movies have that certain dichotomy where they're doing something super out there that makes no sense and then takes it very seriously. And I think yeah. that's why it was so easy for movies like Austin Powers to just spoof the hell out of it. Well, it, the whole idea of, like, a spy doing really serious stuff but being, like, suave and quippy mm-hmm. about it is that's that's it yeah that is exactly. the dichotomy mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's not a real person he's no. not <laughs> this guy can't <laughs> it's exist not an autobiography thing we're <laughs> i just mean nobody is actually like that is that cool and jaded and can be a murderer and mm-hmm. you know such a boozer and still so fit like he's basically he's just under a superhero and i guess that's why his legacy has gone on so long is because he isn't impossibly relatable like a superhero because he's still human right yet he's the epitome of this suave sexy confident man that all men want to be in a certain sense and all at least a part of him yeah there's a there's a part of his character that most people can really absolutely want to be i want to be more confident like that or i wish i was more cocky or wish i was that fucking fit yeah yeah Yeah. had the balls to wear those outfits and looked that good in them. <laughs> that's, well, your, uh, that's my thing. I wish I could walk into a restaurant like he does or into a hotel. And and I I don't know. I fake it sometimes, but he's just so fucking cool. The confidence, I think, especially. Yeah. That's, like, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give a fuck about being able to run 18 kilometers and fight when I get to the end. I don't really need that. Some people like that. Yeah. That's not it for me. It's the 
the coolness and the what, what's the term we use he, he's unfazed like mm. nothing gets to him very few things anyway. very stoic yeah Maybe it's just the score behind him. You know, he's got the smoldering look, but it's the score. I'm sure if you walked into, like, a cafe with, like, the intense Bond music behind you, I'd be yeah. halfway there. Could be. <laughs> I should just uh, put it in my earbud. Yeah. Walk around with that music playing. Yeah. All right, let's watch Spectre. Let's go do it. All right, we'll be back. We're back. We we actually took a longer break than we normally yeah, do. We, we waited an hour between uh, the end of the movie to recording. I kind of forgot what we were doing for a second. We just watched Spectre. Uh, mm. I'll start with Adam since you're confused. Uh, <laughs> first thought, Adam? Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. JP? Um, first thoughts? Uh, reminiscent of some old bonds in one sense. And then... What the fuck was going on? <laughs> we, uh, maybe we will say that we actually watched it separately today. That's uh, JP had to do a few things, so he went and watched it at his place. So ordinarily with a guest, we might pause it here and there and have some conversation. We don't like to talk too much while we watch because we want to save everything for the show. But we do still fill in some of the blanks. So uh, without getting... I mean, it doesn't really matter. There's no format. Uh, what did you find... Did you feel like you were missing out because you hadn't just watched Skyfall or all of the Craig movies, or were you not paying attention? Because <laughs> I, uh, as I've said on the show repeatedly, it takes me several times to understand these Bob movies. I've yeah. watched them before, and even if you get up to, even if you get up to go to the washroom or get a drink and come back, you could miss something. It can be really confusing. So is it that, or is it because you haven't seen enough? Was it all the? There's a lot of references. Yeah, I think it was the yeah. references where. I would stick on, all right, who's that person? Oh, that person's dead now. Okay, this person apparently was here before. So, Do you mean like the Vesper, the Lashif, Silva, like those references, like all the dead people on the wall at the end? Well, I, I assume those were just people that Bond knew. So I was just like, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, it was like, it was more the subtle, let me know the subtleties. I was like, all right, so Mr. White was there before. Yeah. And then Casino and Quantum. And so then I was just like understanding uh, that I guess like how it was going into his backstory. It was almost as if it was like his his a history of Bond and they talk about his childhood and they talk about some uh, other missions and other people where I was just like Okay, well, yeah. Can you- so we're going to have to, you might be bored for some of this, because we're going to have to talk about that as such a, like, we were saying how moving it was, because mm-hmm. we've just watched those previous 23, like, it's, a, or 22, like, I found it more emotional this time than mm-hmm. I ever had watching Spectre, because I had just watched mm-hmm. all of them. So we should talk about that, maybe, Adam and I will talk about that separately, but I want to know if it's... Can you still enjoy it just as a flick? If you're mm. just like, okay, it's background Bond stuff. Like, can it not matter? Like, do you need to know all that? Because 
Well, sh- before we get into it, actually, you do your little two sentence. Uh, yeah. Summary. So my little quick summary is basically MI six is being taken over by another agency, which is going to band with MI five. MI five with uh, band with a total of nine nations to create like all seeing surveillance eye security corporation. Uh, and you know, spies aren't important anymore. Bond basically goes rogue, finds out Spectre is behind it, and saves the day. That's our short right. sweep. That's good. That's the rough plot. Yeah. So within that is all of this huge Bond backstory stuff. Yeah, so there's so, references to the villains from the previous Craig movies and just the general Bond lore I, stuff. Yeah, with the, our chronology, which we'll have to talk more about. Like In my mind, when he's walking down at the end through like the shooting gallery and there's Le Chief and Silva there, like Goldfinger should have been there too. And Dr. No. Dr. Like, no, Hugo Drax, all of them. And secretly yeah. Spectre was behind it all. But let's talk about if you can just enjoy it as the movie itself first, I guess. Like, does that... Can't you just watch and be like, eh, whatever. It's just... Did it feel like a sequel that you didn't see the first one for or... Was it standalone? I'd say it felt like a sequel uh, for a movie I didn't see before. Yeah. I tried to look at it as a standalone. As mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was a standalone for me. And every time that I would sink into it, where we get comfortable with uh, the characters, they would just throw something in that I just didn't have enough to appreciate it. Mm. And I felt a few of those were okay, but then there was a f- enough of those throw-ins that it would take me out or would have to kind of like... Uh, build this puzzle piece in my mind especially I was able to get back into it third act from like torture chair on yeah. it's too much like early yeah. even like saying oh Mr. White like you can watch a spy movie where the protagonist has some kind of a contact that you never really knew and that's yeah. fine like, no, I was fine yeah. with the Mr. White even and, though I didn't know that that was yeah. okay and meeting Madeline and all of that like it's just it's filled with mystery a little bit like you don't know it all and that's fine but yeah Towards the end, it's really made for the fans. It's very heavy on that for something. It's not like Bond 2. It's not like Skyfall 2 or something. like. It's just Spectre, mm. right? Like Yeah, we often talk about... Well, I was saying with Skyfall, Casino Royale, Majesties. Like, there's a few that you could recommend to anyone. This one, maybe not. This one might just be a Bond movie. Because there's... There, well, there's a big payoff. And uh, I've heard other people complain about this. You know, how I was saying a lot of people don't like this one so much. The payoff when he says, Ernst Stavro Blofeld. That's, like, supposed to be, like, ah, oh, shit, for Bond mm-hmm. fans. But then for, like, who cares? It's just a name, right? Mm-hmm. For you? Yeah. So, well, Bond even has a quip for it, right? He's like, oh, catchy name or something yeah, like yeah. that, which is funny. So that's, Blofeld was his like arch nemesis for like seven of the early movies. Okay. Are we supposed to, and I was actually questioning that because I was like, okay, it must be someone from from before, but knowing how James Bond was, has been done by many er, er, iterations, iterations? Yeah. Blofeld, the first time he was in the movie, wasn't with Daniel Craig. No, it was back... His first appearance, so he's the head of Spectre, Blofeld. Right. And Spectre was right from the get, like, of mm. the original release anyway. Dr. No was the first one, and Dr. No was uh, a member of Spectre. Mm. So he was taken care of, and then in the next one from Russia with Love, uh, you see just his back. He's in a chair, and he's giving orders to people. And then mm. in Thunderball, you see his hand petting the cat. And then mm. finally, in You Only Live Twice, you actually see his whole body. Like, he was always in the background. Mm-hmm. And then he's the main villain in you only live twice diamonds are forever yeah. under Majesty's secret service and then he's killed or not killed however yeah. we work in, it out uh, in our chronology for your eyes only, right? and for your eyes yeah. only so he's he's been in it a bunch so 
really what they're doing is just it's a reboot and this is like they're creating the Blofeld character and they're adding the whole stepbrother sort not even stepbrother foster brother element mm. to it mm-hmm. and it showed how he got his scar so in for your eyes only he has a really big sorry not for your eyes only yeah you only live twice he has a big scar it's like mm-hmm. the doctor no look mm-hmm. uh so, dr evil looking sorry dr yeah. evil look yeah yeah um so really literally what they're doing is just rebooting this is like the origin of blofeld mm-hmm. yeah in my deluded world well what's your how do you think we can stretch this i have two different ideas yeah well the thought i like you kind of hinted to in the intro uh it's like that's not his real name he took on that name so he could have taken it from the you know deceased leader of that's, specter yeah that's sort of what i have always said i feel like a lot of people hate the uh i'm the author of all your pain i've been pulling the strings all along because then people go back and watch them all and they're like wait that doesn't make sense because <laughs> he would have been mentioned and that kind of ruined skyfall because silva was so cool and if silva was really just being a puppet that makes it less cool well i feel like we didn't get enough of blofeld to in know. this really he's like kind of kooky and he but he's not cool enough. I don't f- yet. The way I look at it, the way that I feel most comfortable with our chronology is he didn't really. He's just, he hates Bond. He's so insecure around him and he's just trying to hurt him. He's mm-hmm. just pretending that he was there all along. He's just, he, and he sort of was, he's connected to them, but he wasn't directly responsible for it. He's just really trying to get into his head and fuck with them. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so does that mean from the story that his dad took in james bond was that blofeld or was that the other person that he took as their uh... that france oberhauser or whatever so there so bond's family died when he was 12 in a hiking skiing accident um and then in craig's world or maybe in our world Mm -hmm. he was then fostered by these Oberhausers in Germany, I, th- I think. And they already had a kid. And it was this fucked up France who got really jealous because Bond was probably faster and cooler and got mm-hmm. all the ladies. And his dad really took a liking to him. He was probably a better shot when they were hunting. And he was just a little psychopath. Mm-hmm. So when they went hiking, he killed his father, faked his own death, and then became the supervillain. And he, and all right, this is how it can work. Spectre went underground after the original Blofeld died. This Franz Oberhauser slowly worked his way up, took over, and reclaimed the name of Blofeld. Mm-hmm. Both to fuck with Bond and just because that's the legacy name. So is that person Oberhauser or Blofeld? Both. Yeah, Oberhauser. He, he changed his name. Took the name Blofeld. Okay, because I thought he said Oberhauser died in... Yeah, meaning uh, that okay. man. Yeah, who, yeah. Like your, bro- your foster brother is dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ernst Stavro Blofeld walked out of that avalanche. I have some qualms with that myself. Like, you know, what are the odds that the best spy in the world's adopted brother is the mastermind? You know, it's it was a little too much on the nose. And I mean, we can probably talk about it. I found a lot of this movie was really on the nose for some parts. I was just like, all right. It is a little camp. Even the story is campy rather than the movie. Like, it is a little small worldish. But again. You can look at it like he followed his bastard, the guy who he's so jealous of. He followed his career and wanted to be his nemesis, wanted to be a supervillain. Like these main, these villains are often absolutely insane. That's kind of a part of it. I, I had the same thought of like, what are the odds that it's personal? But then it's kind of like it's personal 
like and it, it happened because it's personal right if it wasn't personal it wouldn't have come to this had he not been james bond's point. brother he wouldn't have had this career it wouldn't have yeah and this relationship with bond himself right and, and all this stuff the stuff that doesn't really work is that he didn't again he didn't plan it the author of all your pain thing he bond was only there as we saw in the pre-title sequence he was there because m sent him after this guy mm -hmm. so it was kind of a coincidence well, like he wasn't supposed to go there he wasn't supposed to go to rome and see but Blofeld. i wonder what she knew and how she got that information exactly too. yeah there's it's kind of confusing but again that's why this one i didn't do my first thoughts my first thought was i i was more emotional this time but it's not as good as i remember uh -huh. it looks really good but it's i would say it's my least favorite craig one it's definitely a mid-pack bond movie it's like it's like a lot of the other ones if you peel back mm. the layers too much it doesn't make a lot of sense but it's fun and it, but that's funny that's like the bond thing that it's like it's mysterious how it works you know even uh sure for people writing it probably like <laughs> yeah well you you and i have very different versions of what our favorite ones are yeah to me i the really like i like a couple of the bonkers ones and like skyfall and majesties and from Russia, like the really really good ones that mm -hmm. are a completely solid script this one isn't a completely solid script no and it is like closer to something like die another day where they're it's kind of shoehorned fan service he took down a helicopter with a pistol mm -hmm. and like how yeah. much time would it have taken to put like like i can just imagine blofeld barely surviving that explosion and his face is ripped off like calling in orders all right go to kinko's print off a bunch of print off a yeah, picture yeah. of silva print off a picture of lachif <laughs> yeah i need five oh, of man. bond we're gonna put it down in the basement we're gonna, like i literally was thinking about like it, he wouldn't do that himself so he's like you know, I even pictured him like, like oh, like, yeah, right here. Yeah. We'll put, we'll yes, put, exactly. Judy Dench's like, picture. Boss, yeah. it's like quarter to 12. He's on his way. No, we need another lower. one. Get, yeah, yeah. Yeah. More red string. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, those were the, that was the explosives. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. It did, I, it did, I wrote this down somewhere. I was like, bland story, good lines. I thought it was a lot, lot of strong lines. Mm -hmm. I've said this before, too. The, the script isn't great, and the story... You got to really just go with it. Mm -hmm. You can't pick it apart, but there it's a series of awesome scenes. Mm -hmm. It looks awesome and it's funny and the action is really good. Some of the best stunts of the Craig era and some of the mm -hmm. coolest action sequences mm -hmm. and fucking Q and Money Penny and M all working together mm -hmm. in the end like on in the field, like so much of it that I love. It's just I don't know. Some shady uh C is a ridiculous character. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, one of my least favorite parts of the movie. I I loathe a transparently evil character. You know how I often say, when when did you know that he was bad? That guy, you know, was bad as yeah. soon as he fucking walks into the room. <laughs> yeah, and he was bad. He's also a bad guy in Sherlock Holmes. I was like, yeah. oh, the bad guy from Sherlock Holmes. I bet he's no good. Yeah, yeah, yeah fucking Moriarty. But he's so much cooler in Sherlock than he is in this. He's just a little smug twat. Like, it's like he decide. Like, I don't know. The actor is better than that mm. than he is in this. He just, eh, this is the role I'm going to play. Mm -hmm. Like, just gross. But I guess that maybe that's the thing he was going for. I felt it was missing a lot for me in this movie was the buildup. And the buildup was for the characters that I didn't know. So, for example, even when I saw the video of M, I was like, oh, right, she's dead. <laughs> you know? So then I was just like, oh, I wonder something happened in the last movie where she found some information. That's why this video is out. Like, from there, I started seeing, like, okay, Mr. White, what was that buildup? Okay, I could put that past. Okay, the, the, the main villain, what's his buildup? Okay, and I just felt, and then they were showing like all these pictures that like, you guys were all nostalgic about. Again, I was like, I would love to know what was the buildup yeah, for this. Yeah, I know yeah. this is important. I know these people yeah. should be important, but I was like, are they 
colleagues? Are they people he killed? I mean, I was very confused on See, what's the emotional uh, even all tie. the the Blofeld stuff too. Like it's cool because I'm like, oh yeah, it's Blofeld, and like oh that scar, and oh the kitty. I was like pumped to see the. Cat it's all nods for all... people who are already fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really like the. We should talk more about the love story later, but that even was much more rewarding having just watched all these. You're like, Bond has been through so much. He's kind of at the end here. You can feel it. And he's in love again. He's got mm-hmm. another shot. Like when she says, I love you and can you see me or what? And he like wakes up like, I'd recognize you anywhere. Or whatever. Yeah, I almost yeah. teared up at that. And I always thought it was the cheesiest, dumbest scene, but not dumbest, but I didn't like that scene as much, nearly as much as I did this time because of having seen them all before. So... I would say that's definitely the case. I, I think it works well watching all of the movies into Skyfall into this one. Or like, even just the Craig ones. Even if you watched all the Craig ones and had seen like some Conneries. Before. That's right, because you need the Blofeld stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, that, that kind of sucks in a way. For yeah. a, a, a franchise that is a bunch of one-off fun adventures to have a weirdly large amount of self-referential But again, is... Like, Die Another Day had so many of those things, too. But you didn't need it for the plot. I guess not. But it's, again, why are we judging it at such a high... Like, Octopussy had, like, Gogol was in it and a bunch of other old characters, like M. And, like, if you just randomly watched any of the Bond movies, it just presumes that you know who M is, who Q is, uh, maybe Blofeld or Spectre or whatever. But, you- but they're not, like, being, like, torturing Bond with pictures from his past kind of thing, Yeah, right? that part it's, is... It's... M is his boss, and that's obvious. Google sure. is some Russian guy, and that's and that's all you need to know for those. Right. I personally, I love it because I like the fleshing out of things. That's what I keep saying. Yeah, I yeah. like all the connections, I and I like the payoff, and it's worth it, but it's not accessible in the same way. It's one of those... I think of this of like what Marvel and DC are doing right now. Like if you're a fan and you're into like all the characters and the side characters and the, like you have all those nods and you go fanboy crazy for it. And I right. I get that a lot from this, the Marvel and, and all that. But from this one, since it wasn't my realm, right. this movie was... This would almost be like watching Civil War without having exactly. seen any of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well said, yeah. Yeah, which is one of the main reasons a lot of people didn't like it. Even Bond fans are like, I get it for me. Like, this one's made for Bond fans, but it's just not. Yeah. But, you know, one out of 24 movies that's, uh, like, for Bond fans, that's okay. I feel like I there's mean, other ones, well, There's too. definitely other ones, but, like, yeah. Die Another Day is also for the populace. Halle Berry's in it. I guess. I don't know. Uh, Batista. 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 I When he came out, and I was like, Batista, I, I didn't know if it was actually him. I was just thought it looked like him. Yeah, but it was him. Totally him. That's really funny. Batista uh, made me think a lot. Well, there was a lot in this movie that made me think of Live and Let Die. Okay. Um, from the starting Whoa. scene. I know we're all over the place. Oh, that's fine. We should do some details, so get into it. But from the uh, pre-title sequence with everything going on in Mexico with the, the kind of party, it made me think of New Orleans oh, yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, similar festival kind of thing, yeah. And then the train scene with Batista, yeah. when, you know, great, I mean, great over-the-top fight, but he one went my, out. It's one of the best, like, most people who hate it, they're like, well, at least there's there's like five train fights in the Bond series, uh-huh. and this one's probably the best yeah. one. Yeah, it was a cool scene, so. yeah. but the fact that he got kicked off, and you're just like, all right, you're guessing he's dead, but he didn't die the first time in the, the first fight. Um, he might come back. He might come back. You and never know. Because Jaws, Jaws came back. 
uh, Live and Let Die, right? Oh, Baron Samby. Baron Samby. So I was just like, oh yeah. my goodness, there's a lot of Live and Let Die nods in this. Right. Well, uh, Jaws also was a hench person in Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker, and he was in both. He yeah. almost died. He fought a shark at the end of Spy Who Loved Me, and then he was back in Moonraker. Yeah, yeah. So Jinx could very well be back hmm. in uh, No Time to Die. If they if he is, they're keeping it hush hush. But that would be a great surprise if he had a cameo or something. Hmm. He's very similar to Jaws too, and just that he's fucking huge and doesn't say much. <laughs> doesn't say much and yeah. keeps like having improbably violent <laughs> accidents yeah. and then walking away from him. Like he has like ste- like some kind of steel nails or instead something. of teeth. So yeah, it's a yeah. slightly more grounded. He didn't really Jaws. use them though, except for when he poked like, his eyes out. I guess. And he but... almost did it to Craig. Oh, okay, I might on have the train. That. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But he's cool. It's neat to yeah. see an actual hench person in a Craig one. I'm a big fan of Batista. I yeah, used to me be too. WWE. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know him from Drax and Drax. Guardians of the Galaxy. And he's in this new zombie movie that Snyder made on Netflix. Oh yeah, what he's in a bunch of stuff. Now, Blade Runner twenty forty one. He nine twenty forty nine. Yeah, the first scene is him coming to see. I guess the the protagonist, but it's such a very like. No, he's a he's like a protein farmer in the beginning of uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Great scene, very slow, but I feel like that's one of his best acting chops. Like the, the man can act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Should we talk about the pre title then? Sure, well, man. We're... What what did you think of the uh, tracking shot? Did you notice that it was yeah. from the skull yeah. to like there was the one cut when he steps out of the window onto, onto the, the balcony or onto like the the roof? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was a cut, but it's still mm-hmm. pretty fluid. It was pretty neat. I love the cut. I love that it started with the dead or alive. Which now seeing the whole movie, you can put it all together with all these people you thought were dead or alive, um, and the fact that they were really basing themselves on masks, kind of like how everybody's wearing a mask mm-hmm. in this movie. I got a lot out of that. I like the fact that there wasn't much talking in the pre-title sequence. And when there was, it was like intentional. Like a lot of it was uh, just subtitles. But the first thing, you know, that Bond ever says after he gets with that woman, he's like, where are you going? He's like, I won't be long. And that's it. And then he has this awesome line when those people are just talking back and forth just before they shoot. They're like, a la morte, or like to death. Yeah. And then he says, bottoms up. Bottoms I thought that up. was Blows them up. so badass. Yeah. You know how I was saying... Uh, like I was giddy in the theater watching this. Like I was just like, what am I looking at? Like same as you, like all these masks, it's mysterious. I'm like, is this even cut yet? And then that's Bond, right? It's definitely Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when he takes the mask off and you have the little and he tosses yeah. it, he's just like, well, Adam and I were saying while we were watching it, he, it took three movies to get to Daniel Craig being Bond. And when he struts into that room and tosses the mask down, I'm like, you're fucking James Bond completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was earlier. I love all the Craig ones, as you guys know. But he's he's Connery, more. he's all of them in that scene. Mm-hmm. And he is the whole movie. Like, he's yeah. a fully fleshed out character in this one. That arc of the four movies of Craig so far really works, I think. Like, the, the stat, like becoming 007, going through Skyfall, and then now Spectre, he, he's, he is Bond. And yeah, he's, yeah. he's so good in this one at everything. Like he, yeah. like he can shoot, he runs, like he's not... Well, like he, to skip right to the end, when he gets to... Uh, when he's captured and taken to the old MI6 building and that move you were talking about that you fucking oh, yeah, love, man. he's like blindfolded and handcuffed or whatever. Zip, zip ties time. and blindfolded with two men on him and he knocks them both out, steals their guns, just rips the zip ties yeah. off. I'm like, you basically are Captain America at this point. <laughs> and yeah. 
when he's leaving Blofeld's lair after he got tortured and he knocks one guy out, steals his gun. I was saying it's like Call of Duty when it's just you against mm. everybody. Takes out a few guys, takes the next guy's ammo. And uh, apparently this uh, they had originally choreographed a different scene. It was a lot more running and stuff, but this was after he injured his knee. So like, how about oh. instead you just walk and just destroy everybody? <laughs> so he just like shooting from the hip and then like stops to shoot that guy way up by the helicopter. I don't know. I just love how flawless he is. I, I did have the thought in scenes like that. There's another one I can't remember where he's kind of like Brosnan, where he's really lucky in this one too. Yeah, just yeah. Like things. Well, it was when. Um, the helicopter he's chasing them with the plane and they're in the cars yeah, and he, yeah. Like, exactly crashes into the front car right and right. blocks the other one it's like that timing was really that's, lucky mm. man that's almost even more raji world yeah, yeah like that the winter scene of it all and uh yeah the luck and the timing it was yeah very much a callback well that one was yeah very similar to what is the roger one with the ski chase spy who love me spy love me uh also in for your eyes only there's a ski chase and Sorry, we're jumping yeah. all over. Finish your uh, stuff about the, the well, pre-title. I just have an observation is that, like, you know, this whole uh, Bond Voyage podcast started with you taking somebody who has no idea what James Bond is and taking them on the ride. But it's so interesting to hear you guys go back and forth because you've become a <laughs> Bond connoisseur. Oh, no. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, no. that, that reminds me of this one and that one. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, like, I yeah. am, like, just on this voyage like holding on for dear life yeah. while you guys are just like going through the waves now you know so it's really neat yeah well, oh, I was saying I that become? you're <laughs> one of the few people in the world who is about to have seen all of them like yeah. a lot of people catch them here and there but it, it's rare there's more than you think but much less than like Marvel or anything mm-hmm. like that it's definitely a niche. Well, you were saying even like some of them you've only seen like once or twice or yeah, yeah. don't rewatch much. That's right. That's yeah. how that really stood out for me for the, the pre-title sequence was really the the way it was shot, the, the intensity of it. Uh, I thought that was a pretty perfect for me pre-title yeah, yeah. sequence. I, I really yeah. like it a lot too. I, I feel like it might have been one of my favorites yeah, for sure. It's, like it's one of mine. It got me excited right mm-hmm. away, really into it. That fucking, when he falls on the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. I love that. Like, a lot of people even didn't like, I'm like, it drives me crazy that even that bugged people. They're like, Craig's Craig's Bond should have fallen next to the couch and looked at it and been like, oh, damn it, and like shaking his head, which been, also would have been funny. That would have been too silly, though. Right. Like, I, I love that he's finally, like I said, it's James Bond finally. Like, Craig has done all of the kind of, emo serious shit getting there and now he's ready to fall on a couch (laughs) yeah yeah and uh yeah when he leaves that fallen down hotel and i find this pre-title has a really good build-up like it's a big action scene and then it slows right down again and he's kind of stalking him through the parade Mm. and the helicopter comes down right in the middle of that crowd i was laughing because he hops on the friggin' helicopter and like punches the guy he was chasing once and then he goes after the pilot they're like 15 feet off the air if the pilot you know, crashes into all those people. You're going to murder, murder like 30 people. <laughs> well, so it's a little reckless. Yeah, there's a few uh, close calls with that one, yeah. for sure. But there was some serious uh, free your eyes only nods. Remember the pre-title in that was when uh, Blofeld was controlling the helicopter and Bond had mm. to like get out and climb around it and get back in and the helicopter does a flip and everything. It was mm. totally a nod to that. Yeah. But great. That was one of the best, you know, how I was saying uh, some of the best stunts are of the Craig Air are in this one like yeah 
there's clearly I know it's not Daniel Craig and whoever that was, but there's two guys hanging off a freaking helicopter having a fight, which is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And just the helicopter flips and stuff like that was a cool air show. Yeah, yeah, it was a cool air show. But that was the one part like, that come to think of it, like when did like the the three sixty backflip that I was like, oh okay, like, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it is supposed to be a little bit unrealistic. Yeah, it's like when in Goldeneye when he chases the friggin' plane uh-huh. off a cliff and hops into it and manages to save it. I guess before then the pre-title sequence was so realistic in my eyes. It I feel like it's preparing it for Hanks and for the craziness mm-hmm. of it all. Like yeah. it, this is a different Bond movie for sure. It's not completely grounded in reality. Fucking smart blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's more realistic than the the stunts from like, maybe. But also one of my favorite transitions to a title sequence. Oh, from the, the When he looked at the ring. ring and then it faded into the big mm-hmm. octopus. And might as well talk about that. Like, say what you want about the song. It's one of my favorite title sequences with all the flames and the octopus and the nods. To, the I know tentacles. you might not like that. Uh, all the nods to the old movies. It showed Silva and M and Lashif again. Yeah. And, yeah, the tentacles, like, uh, squeezing James and Madeline. And you didn't know who Madeline was yet. But no. then the uh, the image of what turns out to be Blofeld at the head of the table with the tentacles behind him. Like the imagery in the title sequence is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did uh, you get much from that? Uh, the imagery for my, for me felt a little like a soap opera. <laughs> it was pretty like, um, yeah, like dark drama yeah. kind of intro. Kind of like a very a dark bit. days of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So that threw me off a bit because I felt, I felt the movie, and maybe it had to do with the song, because um, the song in itself, I thought it was a, I think it's a beautiful song. I know some people, like, weren't uh, that up on it, I don't think, for the writing on the walls. I think the song was nice. I think it was so, such a dramatic song with the visuals. It made me feel as if I was, like, watching a bit of a soap opera, yeah. which I was a little conflicted with. I think, yeah, I felt quite similar. Like, it's cheesy, melodramatic, which is I think it fit the movie really well. Mm-hmm. I think it was really good for that, but it's just not my taste. Yeah. I don't actually feel... Well, I guess it does. But I, I've often said, do you remember uh, Another Way to Die, the Jack White one for Quantum? I know it was like 20-some weeks That's ago. That's like a long time ago, yeah. I feel like these two theme songs should switch. Because that one was right after Vesper dies, and it's kind of a revenge story, and he's really pissed off. How do I live? How do I breathe? When you're not here, I'm suffocating. That's the line in this song. I feel like it would have fit that one better. And Another Way to Die is kind of like... It's like more amped up, and he's kind of he's just so much less jaded in this one even though he's dealing with a very serious thing in his past he's i i get that but i, I kind of like i think it fit because the it fit the tone a bit of this one because it would have been almost like having a rocky song for this would have made it a little cheap sure a little cheapy I, action and i like the that moment near the end where the the writing is literally on the wall and james bond yeah is yeah on the memorial i'm kind of a defender of it the i wish it had one more kick yeah you keep saying I, I'm that not, do you know what i mean by <laughs> yeah. it now that we've listened to it together like you want it to there's climax a build up. higher yeah there's a build-up in the song and then it like there's uh, is it a what is it a bass something you were saying the boom 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 and mm-hmm. right before it does the how do i live when he does that i wish it was a bigger thing there needs to rather be like than some coming really back high down. note or something like, yeah yeah like a yeah i don't know a horn or a some kind of string or something to bring up 
just a bit higher. There's no real crescendo or climax or whatever you want to call it. He should sing some high notes, like some kind of like Adele, like you know, mm, like yeah, yeah. soaringly high climactic note. Well, I did write this. I wrote, "It sounds like a skyfall light." You know, mm. I felt like it was mm. a bit in the same style of Adele's song, just not as. And then Billy Eilish's one is even slower than this one. Yeah, and which is too bad. I guess I like those high points in those songs because it reminds me of the chase scenes or it's it it links into the intensity whereas mm. when like you're missing that yeah it'll speak to the drama which is a big part of the movie but it it doesn't crescendo which i feel sometimes was well, missing and it's stylistic like this this one's kind of like a crooner style thing so mm. where is the long high note at mm. the end like the right, right. the like in thunderball when he's just screaming thunderball at the end yeah and that's yeah. a crooner one yeah yeah and just like you know, like even like Sinatra tunes and stuff, you'd like do some kind of like, oh, I can sing, by the way. At the right, end. Right. Like that's just a, a singer flourish thing that you would do in a jazzy style. Yeah, that's but. what I'm saying. This was just too subtle. Where the well, Even though that thing, note that he does does sound very difficult. It is pretty high. He's just not belting yeah. it. Mm. But like, again, I, I took I did composition at school. You you One of the good things is you want to have a note that's higher than every other note in the melody or in the song or something. Mm. That makes it the climax. But if you just hit the same high note a bunch of times, it's not a high note anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just right. Okay. Yeah. Looking at it like that, I think that's how I feel. That's what's missing. You need that extra like one note that's higher than all the the others. I like that you said Sinatra because there was a a nod to Sinatra in the car. (laughs) Yeah. There. In when he turns out, remember uh, when he flips oh, the uh, yeah the double nine music? Double nine, yeah. yeah, yeah. Start spreading the news. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah. So we come out of the song to is that right into uh, M's office? Yeah. Bond is getting uh, talking to. Yeah. In good old yeah. like that's another classic fashion. Getting yeah, yeah. dressed down by M in his office. He's grounded. And then, uh, yeah. rather than going through the whole movie or whatever, this is a good time to talk about M, Money Penny Q, because he now goes and sees all of them, kind of mm-hmm. recruits Money Penny and Q to help him go rogue, to go underground. Which he hasn't done lead. that before. Like, Money Penny hasn't been as active. Q has been. Q has done it before. And later, like, Bond yeah. will go rogue out in the field. And, and Q just kind of shows up. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Bond will, like, wander off into, like, a shed somewhere, and all of a sudden it's a Q lab. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, Or yeah. in the Dalton ones, Q would just show up and stay at the hotel with there him. There was a Brazi, I think, he came to. Well, in Tomorrow Never Dies, he meets him in Germany and gives him his car. Where's the one where he was, like, Q was in disguise and driving the car for him and stuff? I think that was one of Dalton's. Maybe it was License to Kill. License to Kill, and also in uh, yeah. The Living Daylights. Well, License to Kill was when he was raking, and the rake had a radio in it. That's what I'm thinking of, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. License to Kill. And Money Penny will, like, you know, hold calls from him and, like, you know, send in, like, but not as active. But yeah, this is a different yeah, very, time. Very, very this active. is a very different Money Penny. Different characters. Yeah. Like, same characters, but different. Yeah. yeah 21st she, century, for yeah. sure. Were these actors the same ones? In all the Craigs? Just Skyfall. Just Skyfall? And okay. all three of them, M, Q, and Money Penny, were introduced in Skyfall. Okay. There was just no Q or Money Penny in Casino or Quantum. Okay. Yeah. They were between them or whatever. Or he hadn't met them yet because he had he wasn't really on he mission. Was a fresh double O. Yeah, yeah, he was brand new, went on one mission, uh that and he was given the mission in the field. Like M met him in the Bahamas and told him to go to Montenegro or wherever it was. And then Quantum, same thing, I think. I kind of forget. Revenge. Because I loved Q and Moneypenny's chemistry with 
bond. So good. Yeah, it worked so well together, but it was the actors were just very well chosen. I find Money Penny, and I guess this has always been a thing where Money Penny can can hold her own Mm -hmm. with Bond. Yes. Oh, the scene when they're on the phone and Uh she has a date. Yeah. Oh, so like Craig is clearly, they all are such fans of the past because like they carried that chemistry and the type of relationship. It's very similar, even though Mm -hmm. it's updated. And now instead of Money Penny being jealous with whoever Bond's sleeping with, and oh, who's that 007? It's someone there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, At this hour or whatever he says, he's like scoring. He's the jealous one. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Me too. And just like, she's like, it's it's called having a life. Like you should try it. Basically, yeah, like, yeah. told Bond to get a life. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And yeah, same great. with Q. And the chemistry with M, too, is very much like the old M. Mm-hmm. Except very a little similar. bit more camaraderie. Like, he trusts him a little bit more. Yeah, It think- seemed like he didn't, because he couldn't officially, because he had this other guy over, like, breathing down his mm-hmm. neck. Mm-hmm. But you can tell he actually trusts him. But that's, that's very, very like, Judy Dench M. Uh, right. She would, yeah. Do the same kind of thing. I feel like the Q thing is probably the most different out of them because, well, he's just so much younger. Where before Q was this old, older dude, like. But he makes like the dumb jokes, remember? Yes. I, be- like, I believe when I said bring it back in one piece, I didn't mean one piece. Like bring back one piece, yeah. yeah. And he like laughs at his own joke. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. Yeah, he kind of does his own thing. But yeah. so does Money Penny. But they're. Their banter is very similar, even though yes, the age yeah, difference yeah. is obviously very... Well, that, I kind of like that. It's like the same kind of dynamic and banter, but like there's a, a difference where like now Bond is older and he's younger. And I mean, it's funny that he Q is portrayed as this young, like hipster programmer kind of like yeah. he is. I was like, I have a mortgage and two cats to feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really it's funny. So good. Speaking of, uh, or back to Craig's Bond being more fleshed out and evolving, how much he trusts them in this one. Because he, he was very much a loner and the other ones like kind of mm. works on his own and now totally yeah. relies on them. Well, you're, you're, you were super right about it's the whole Scooby-Doo gang. Like mm-hmm. at the end, they all like they're, yeah. all, they're in a couple like a uh, little envoy together, two cars or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, yeah everyone's here. Yeah. All we're even together. Tanner. Got the hacker man. We got, you know, the mm-hmm. even even M's assistant was yeah. along for the ride but yeah he wouldn't have done that before he would act alone well in no movie would this happen with all of them together doing yeah that, that's true a thing but bond in uh, i mean craig's one specifically bond would call on q to help or whatever but like before he left he might ask or felix or someone but uh for bond to show this much trust in his uh yeah. colleagues because like, how do you know you like, can trust uh, instinct or whatever even like felix or something like i think it's in quantum it's they don't real they don't super trust each other right, right, right. there's some some uh, aggravation there he was referenced that. in this one he was like he yeah he's like uh gave her uh, monica bellucci gave her felix's number it's like call my american friend yeah hmm. yeah in rome let's talk about her man I uh, I got a little bit of chills in that scene. Like that was very, very much. A, sorry, when he uh, sort of seduces Monica Bellucci, mm. the the widow. Yeah, that was quite reminiscent. Except he he was speaking to her and seducing her, and didn't just like Raji just would have kissed her awkwardly, and it would have been weird, and then it would have yeah. cut. But they had serious chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like when he threw the glasses down and just sort of kind of like a predator at first and it's kind of gross like they used to do yeah. but then is super subtle and she's totally like melts in his arm and she has a tear come down her cheek like they're acting the shit out of that mm-hmm. yeah i really loved that well and it's unlike the other ones is like extremely obvious he's getting information out of her they're literally he's literally like pushing her up against the to do like and asking her questions about stuff it's like right we haven't talked about this in a while because brazi and craig don't do it as much but yeah. using his sex 
to like his yeah. sex appeal or talent with it to get what he needs to get information. That's totally what he was doing. Yeah. There. Well, but also protecting her and does it not give it a purpose to to his sex because. In all the other movies, it's like, all right, Bond's a sex machine. Mm-hmm. Well, you some know? of them, he it's often the case, they just do it in a more cheesy way, but it's often the case that he is doing it for information right. or seducing a, uh, the villain's mistress to get information or well, a lot of the another time, agent or it whatever. It seems like the he, didn't, he wouldn't have to sleep with them to get the information. Mm-hmm. He just right. does as well as get the yeah. information. Sure, or this sure. one, it's, it's more like she probably wouldn't have. Like, he kind of makes her more vulnerable. and I think she pretty much wanted him. Down. Man, he... Yeah. Yeah, he successfully seduced her in that scene. That's what I mean. She wouldn't have, you wouldn't necessarily have given the information if he hadn't oh, right, taken right. that angle. Yeah, yeah. To, to get her guard. Down. I found that yeah, super powerful. Uh, side note: I remember reading. You know how I've often mentioned how Craig uh, doesn't play well in the press. Like the press doesn't like him, and he's he's had mm. a few blow ups and stuff. One of the arguments he had once with, I think it was like entertainment like et or whatever but i think it was even canada someone asked uh what it's like to have such an old bond girl for a change in monica bellucci to like to sleep oh really and he was like you mean a woman who's two years younger than me instead of someone who's half my age like monica bellucci's his age leah sadu who plays madeline is in her 20s and he was almost 50 she's like half his age and like that's not even we don't bat an eye at that but he was like really pissed off at her for that like monica bellucci a class act actress the one of the most beautiful women in the world like we are lucky to have her here and he was like really pissed off at this reporter for that question it was pretty awesome well that's yeah stupid yeah very stupid yeah well it makes me like him more yeah yeah. yeah. this the chemistry between monica is that her name in the movie? Or? No, Monica Bellucci's the actress. Okay. I, yeah. Uh, well, let's just say Monica Bellucci. Scarrow's that, wife. Yes. Yeah. Her last name was Scarrow. So their chemistry and connection was so powerful that I find it blew out the chemistry with Madeline. I found that before other times I've watched it. This time I totally believed the chemistry of Bond and Madeline. Really? Yeah. I found it was a little forced. I found like the movie wanted us to... to it's like, we want you to see that Bond's going to fall in love with her. I didn't buy yeah, it. With uh, when Blofeld's like, oh, too bad, the daughter of an assassin, the only one who ever could have understood you. Yeah, I, that's how I always felt too, but I got it this time. Yeah. I, I was along for the ride. I loved it. I there, felt uh, it was similar to Tracy from Honor Majesty's. So this is when Bond got married and she died. A lot of nods to Majesty's. A lot of that. But in Honor Majesties, what I liked about it is we, it's a little cheesy, but we got like a montage of them going on dates, right? Sure. Where here, like when they're doing this whole like thing with the Blofeld stuff, I'm like, man, you just met this girl like but yesterday. We, yeah, they, we didn't get the montage, but they had a lot of time in Tangiers at that hotel. And that scene is one of my favorite scenes in mm-hmm. the movie. In the se- I love the hotel room when she gets a little hammered and oh, if you yeah. touch me, I'll kill you. I believe it. And then she's just sort of mumbling, and he just kind of smiles and sits back. That's unusual for Bond, too. I did like that. I love that scene. And she's clearly starting to trust him a little bit. And then uh, when they both face their past, when they Mm -hmm. break into that room, and she sees the old pictures, and he sees the tape of Vesper Lynn interrogation Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And they're both facing their past and falling for each other. I kind of dig it. And then the chemistry on the train is insane. Well... I find every scene with a woman Bond's usually putting on his flirtatious mode right away. And I feel the first scene with Madeline in her office, he wasn't. 
And I was a little shocked. I was like, why is he being so like That's serious true. and all that? Until I was like, oh yeah, he's just about to tell her that he, his, her, her dad died. So I was like, okay, fair enough. You're at, yeah, you're backing up my point. I used, he didn't go there intending to fall in love with her. He's mm-hmm. getting information from her and going to protect her. And then slowly started to like, I don't need to teach you anything. God, mm-hmm. Like when he smiled at her, when she said, I'll kill you if you mm-hmm. touch me, he's like, oof. Spitfire here, like it slowly builds up, and then he tries to show her how to use a gun, and she Mm -hmm. already does. He's like, "I don't need to teach you anything." Mm -hmm. She orders a dirty martini, and oh, Mm -hmm. guess I'll have one too. Like it really slowly builds up. Yeah, I wonder. She saves him, and like her form when she shoots Batista, man. And then what do we do now? And they bang on that super. I laughed when that happened. It was like, (laughs) so you have have to laugh. Yes, of course. It's too much. That's the point. You're actually meant to laugh. It's a relief. Like there was also no Mm -hmm. music during that crazy, crazy intense fight, all that build up. They both almost die. And then, yeah, they bang it out. Uh, There was, one moment that maybe this was the moment where it's like okay maybe he's in love with her because it was so out of bond's character and i i didn't like this but maybe that's because this was maybe his turning point where he was really in love with her was when they're in uh bloomsfield's uh blofeld Blofeld's, uh, <laughs> we'll cut that out. Uh, <laughs> I, used to, I used to get confused by his name all the time. He changed his name three it's, times in this movie. <laughs> no, Christoph I mean Blofeld. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I mess it up every time when we first. Yeah, I used to think it was something else, like Blofield or something. Like when yeah. I was yeah. had like normal last names. Like, <laughs> I was just like, there's too many syllables. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're in the, the security thing, looking at all the camera footage, and then you see the camera footage of uh, Bond speaking with his dad. Mm-hmm. And he starts freaking out. Don't show that. Don't show. I yeah. never see him lose yeah. his composure, and I was uncomfortable. It's almost like you see your. Well, your, here's that used to bug me. I'm like, that's not in character for Bond, mm-hmm. but he's really falling for the yeah. for exactly. her, and he feels like he sees that she pretends to not love her father nearly as much as she does, and she shouldn't see him blow his head off. At so first, look at, I, me, look at me. I was like, is there something on that? Like. That gives him away in some like I was I thought there was some kind of like That's practical reason, but the it's doctor, just it's just yeah. I used to think that he didn't want her to see that he gave him the gun that yeah, he used or something like that, but it's not mind. that at all. It's just, he just wants to protect her, yeah, emotionally yeah. in this yeah. case, yeah. And then how sad and worried she is when he's being tortured, as I've already said, and yeah, when he when she blows up Blofeld and he gets out of the chair and first thing he does is just grab her by the face for a real quick second and like a good look at her mm. and then turn then they turn around and hightail it. So, because he got penetrated by that tiny drill twice, but mm. he unaffected, I guess. I don't know. That's the first weird... one was supposed to fuck with his eyes or something, but it didn't do anything. I was confused. It was just a weird torture apparatus. Like smart that's blood. The... Yeah, that's one oh, of the weirder right. parts that like that's a throwback him being on the chair it's kind of like goldfinger kind of like a i don't know there's been a few times where he's in a really yeah. dangerous situation and barely gets out and it's like a modern version of that but I, I don't know what blofeld's plan was there to just like how long was he intending to drill him in that weird yeah i mean this psycho is, dentist chair again another thing where villain is psychotic and doesn't do rational <laughs> things because he like again could have killed bond a bazillion times and just, you know how we often talk about like the hypothetical uh, made up documentaries you could do within mm. the Bond world, like about the yeah. guy who builds all the the sets for the villains and shit like that. I want to have an inner, like a I don't know, a doc interviewing arrested 
hench people and soldiers and them talking about how awful it was to work for these maniacs Mm -hmm. like we could have just killed them we had him so many times. Oh, yeah. We could have just executed him, but no. Then he asked me to go get him champagne for some reason. <laughs> and we like, I had to go get laundry. I had to go like press a dress for the yeah, friggin' yeah. date that Bond showed up with. I'm like, buddy, let's just kill him. And I had to go set up all these explosions and he wanted like pictures of people all over the building. Yeah. Like, man, just shoot him. Yeah, and oh my God. And then we had to give him a whole tour of the facility like, yeah. and he's giving away everything. Like, what if he escapes? <laughs> so, so I know that show exists. Uh, it's called Modoc. It's like this new show on Disney Plus stars. So Modoc is like this character in the Marvel Universe who like just uh, creates these machines to, to stop the Avengers. And it's like his company. So all the people who work for him. And it's about robot chickens behind it. I don't need to do a plug for this. But they're behind it. And so it's this, that kind of style of like nice. people working for them. It's actually really good. That's funny. That sounds good. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I really liked the uh, the other thing at the lair. The meteor? The meteor, yeah. We're meant to be impressed. <laughs> well, that's another one where, like, you really built this whole, like, shadowy room for this little meteor, and then, like, he's, like, playing the speech out or whatever. Yeah, he's only, it. they're in there for four minutes yeah, yeah. just to try to impress him. I love that, too. Like, that, again, speaking to, my favorite part of this one, I think, is Bond. Craig's mm-hmm. Bond in this one. How, again, fully fleshed out he is and confident and, like, totally reads him like yeah he's just trying to intimidate us mm. and then that's totally that is what he was doing he's like just imagine this rock has been floating forever and it came like unstoppable force yeah but it did stop right here yeah yeah like you're not gonna mess with me you egotistical short man i love when he's like looking down at him and that's yeah. the whole relationship he's just yeah, yeah. blofeld's a short man syndrome guy trying to compensate yeah hmm. you're really just a bit of a voyeur aren't you <laughs> he's funny in this one yeah he, there are some great lines I gotta tell you so one of my favorite this I would say is my favorite part of this whole movie and I didn't know where to put it in so I just like put it as like my favorite That's part fine. yeah um, so it's right after um, Bond goes to see Madeline and she tells him you have 10 minutes to leave so he goes to take his martini and they say like you know you've only we don't have alcohol and does a little yeah. banter there and then gives him that drink that yeah. he's like just put in the washroom put it down the toilet cut it in the middle yeah. yeah after that so when the the, the oh. people are coming up to him and he starts fighting him and then one of us he like one guy falls on the ground comes back up and goes stay no stay <laughs> like a yes. dog i was like this is for me so far the best scene oh i've seen uh in a bond movie yeah it's, it's one of hilarious so funny I, we yeah. were laughing too and because it, it yeah. wasn't even like the bad guys it was just like the clinic security's yeah. like no stay <laughs> don't make me kill you yeah. <laughs> you do not oh, know what man. you're messing with here yeah i love that too that was so good yeah yeah i i put that bond is really talkative in this one there's all these quips and there's like full-blown conversations and stuff too yeah, like i was saying he's you. matured like skyfall yeah. matured the shit out of bond like he's so many bond off. movies he says like nothing like someone right, asks right. him a question he's just like Meh. Meh. Mm-hmm. he's even talking yeah. to mice who sent you? That yeah. was that was <laughs> that's yeah. one of my other I love that. Scenes. Like that's who are you like working even, for? Raji or Brosnan couldn't pull that off. And everybody yeah. talks about how those ones are so much lighter. But that like that's yeah. Who are you working for? Who sent you? Man, I really love this movie. Actually. Yeah, me too. I why do people not? Well, that's why I kept on going to like great lines. Mm-hmm. But the story itself, I found like that's 
it, in the last, even though it's got so many cool things, the zip ties and the Scooby-Doo gang together and all that, the end kind of ruins it. Like, it's cool and it's fun, but it's just so silly. And, like, yeah, the, but, the but weird... it's a Bond movie. Right, but if it's one of those ones, like, yeah. say, I know you're moving, but, like, way after this, if we're hanging out and there's a bunch of people around, this is one of the ones that you put on to have, like, a drinking game, too. Because it's, like, every time there's a quip, every time Q does something, every time a car is used, or, like, it's mm-hmm. one of those drinking game ones because they do so much but of that it's shit. It's such a treat to get that kind of movie with Daniel Craig. I completely agree. That. Yeah. That's why I wanted to show you the trailer immediately for No Time to Die because there's Cause more of that more shit. Like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So much more. There's missiles and a bond lair. Like, and it's Daniel Craig. It's so fucking exciting. Because I, I do love Casino, Quantum, and Skyfall, but they are so different from the other Bond movies. But it, it's like that arc we've been saying. It took them this long to find they were, the, exactly. where it is, where it sits. It was required. Yeah. Those ones were required to get here. Finally out of the Bond training camp and he can... The one kind of serious scene that is one of my favorite scenes in the whole series is when he does find Mr. White and they have that scene over the chess table and uh, the line that you're a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond, which mm-hmm. is so fucking Bond. Like, uh, whoever, like, the script isn't great, but that line is fucking awesome. And the set is brilliant with the crazy Howard Hughes bunker. With, like, the, did you notice the piss all over the place? Like, he had been living down there for a few weeks. I noticed the piss. <laughs> yeah. No, there's trash and Trash stuff. and, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just, well, clearly he wasn't living upstairs at all. Although that actor I thought was great. And I think yeah, one yeah. little thing that really stuck for me was when he was trying to shoot and he couldn't use one hand yeah. to take two yeah. hands. He was so weak. Oh, I thought that was just, it, it felt so raw and real in that moment. I was, I was really taken into that moment because I just felt that it was a very high quality acting scene. Acting and great at building mm-hmm. suspense and who is this guy you're looking at? He's everywhere. He's eating dinner with your family. He's kissing your lover. <laughs> I almost wish that that actor would have been the main bad guy because I found Christoph Waltz as an actor, great actor, but I felt that he was a little too campy. Cool. Silly. Yeah, yeah cool. there weren't cool. enough... Uh, I don't think there was enough payback to the main villain. Yeah, I felt like there really was like this kind of... Them. It was just yeah. kind of this, and that's where I, this movie fell short for me. Was that they would have this kind of game? Okay, you got three minutes or whatever to call it to find your uh, your girlfriend, and then it's like, okay, he's in a helicopter. The helicopter goes down. All right, shoot me. Then you don't shoot me. It's like out of, Although, out of bullets. And I was like, okay, when yeah, he, yeah. Uh, that was another good scene though. When he does catch him, when, like when they square off again in the basement between the bulletproof glass. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. ooh, that looks like it hurts. Like when the scar reveal, and then mm-hmm. you know the little banch, and then. He's like super serious for a second, then just burst out laughing. Ah, I've really put it, put you through it, haven't I? There was one <laughs> shot that. that it didn't happen again after I noticed it, but when they're talking through that bulletproof glass and they're right next to each other, there was I think like one shot where they're it's like from a profile view, and you yeah. can see the reflection of Blofeld on Craig. Yeah, yeah. And there's some kind of metaphor there, of for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think he was underused and not enough. Like, he's one of the greatest actors around right now. And I kind of like the choices that he made. I just wish he had more time to flesh it out and a few more scenes. Well, he's maybe. in the next one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And originally right. he w- he wasn't going to be, but yeah, it looks like he's... He's in, captured. Yeah, he's captured still. And Yeah, we watched the trailer to No Time to Die right after, mm-hmm. so yeah. I've seen that now. I guess I've seen him in so many better performances. I was, I was expecting more. I was actually excited because uh, I forgot that he was the main villain. And I was like, oh, awesome. I love Christoph Waltz. And Christoph Waltz, I finally, like, he has 
he can play many roles, but he almost has like this typical uh, Inglorious Bastards uh, same kind of character, ranting. Quirky. Same. He's Quirk. a very great actor. But he falls back into that, and I almost felt like this was a movie where he wanted to go there, but he was like holding himself back. But he still naturally did it because he's still kind of whimsical and quirky. Like totally he is. Yeah. But it's like I didn't feel like he was committing. It felt like. I don't know how this character was supposed to be portrayed in all the other movies. I don't know if you just see parts of him or if he actually talks and has uh, conversations. In two of them, he's pretty straight in You Only Live Twice and Majesties. But then in Diamonds Are Forever, he's a kooky, crazy Mm -hmm. character. Mm. It makes a bit. It makes some sense that he's quirky like okay. this. It's definitely on the quirkier side, but it. it I, in a way, it's a reference to those old movies being campy, right? Because yeah, it's yeah. the villain from the past, and so he's a little kooky, like from the exactly. 60s. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can see the homage to that. I guess like not knowing how he was supposed to be, and then it's like I feel like there's so many other people in this movie like even like, who work for him who are so like stoic and dark and then he's just like la 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 back to my point how frustrating it must be to work for this guy uh-huh. <laughs> well all those that whole like boardroom meeting yeah they're all just like oh yeah i didn't talk about that mm-hmm. i love that because there's so many that's a throwback too there's so many bond uh, villain layers where it's a huge table where yeah gives us in the next one we're watching there's a great one in a blimp but. man that's not freaking discreet at all for like some like secret organization like huge hall like no one no one noticed like, this any, like, any waiter yeah. that's there yeah i thought that too like specter in our chronology anyway has been like underground for a decade or two and they're just having like does it just look like a fancy car convention in the middle of the night in some beautiful building in rome yeah Again, don't overthink it. That sh- scene was beautiful. They just have their tentacles everywhere. Let's say you know they can. It's a super iconic scene. Anyway, I love it. Yeah, but they're giving out information, and he knows that James Bond is there. Yeah, that's another weird part. I don't think he cares. Like the, he's a powerful person who has tentacles everywhere. He's a super villain. He's about to take over the security agencies of these nine countries. But at the end of the day, all he really cares about is fucking with Bond. Like that's mm. number one priority. Mm. But if that was the case. Again, he could have killed him at any point, but whatever. I guess that was it, the part where I was like, all right, he's this big bad guy. We don't really know who he is. Okay, is this is his name. Okay, it doesn't ring a bell. Okay, actually, he is his uh, Bond's adopted brother. Okay, and he's also this guy. And it's just like, holy shit. Like, it's I was just as, kind of if holding you, on. If you saw it again, it's not as confusing as you think. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. You could overthink this one and it gets more confusing. But I felt like too much of my energy was having to be taken into deciphering who he was. Yeah. And it took me out of enjoying the movie at a point where I remember I was like watching the chases. And while I was watching the chases, instead of just enjoying the chase scene for what it was, I was trying to tie the pieces together. Yeah. And those Doing were just more the more the final acts, but that was what I, was disappointing me. With I this. often talk about it. That's one of the reasons I've watched these so many times. Is mm-hmm. that what you're describing is how I felt about every Bond movie I've watched. Mm-hmm. Well, and I struggle with that a lot near the beginning and in the middle, even like trying to make too much sense of it. And, and a lot of it is you just kind of have to sit back and like if it's important to the movie it will be kind of explained at some point yeah, you just have and to trust in these ones in more way. than most movies in the Bond genre mm-hmm. it's typically revealed at the end like a lot of stuff yeah. doesn't make sense you have no idea like why are we even in this country and like what is the like you sometimes you don't meet the villain till an hour in you don't really know what the hell he's trying to do well, it's kind of like the pre-titles like this cold open you don't know what the why the fuck's going on yeah, and it's yeah. just going to be kind of explained so don't, later <laughs> i guess it's different yeah. where you're doing a podcast and you really want to have enough to yeah, say and yeah. you want to understand it but 
Yeah, you just kind of got to go mm-hmm. along for the ride. Yeah. If I were watching this movie without knowing I have to watch it, we're going to be doing a podcast after this. Yeah. yeah, it may have been less confusing. Less confusing. I think I'd be putting less pressure on myself because there's almost like, like I remember like texting you this to you being like, done the movie, fucking confused. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I almost felt like, okay, I feel too much like a newbie coming into this podcast now being like, all right, so the bad guy has a cat. Huh? <laughs> no, that's my favorite Apart, character. Like I like when I was excited when you said you're confused because yeah. I knew we had something to talk about. We can try to figure it out together. <laughs> like well, I'm often worried if we all just agree. Like I don't like to just describe how the movie was mm-hmm. or like scene for scene. That's boring, but hashing it out and working it out that's mm-hmm. a bit more entertaining. Another layer to like this is a podcast about Bond movies, but it's also a podcast about watching Bond movies and doing a podcast about it in a way. You know, like <laughs> we talk so much about totally. we wa- watch it every week and we you know paying attention to these like fun action adventure movies taking notes like like, paying closer attention in a lot of cases than you're supposed to and i have moments a a lot of the time lately like this one i'm just sitting back watching it my notes are extremely sparse Mm -hmm. and it's just because i've been doing this every week that i can just do this we take so much less notes than we used Mm -hmm. to well i took a lot of notes um i guess just to try to tie it all in um (laughs) but from the scenes because there were so many chases as there always are one moment of the car scene in this one in particular made me feel like a child again because I was totally taken aback on the awesomeness of it. In Rome? Um, the, the car chase? The car chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's one of the better ones. And it was the eject. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. so cool. That's mm-hmm. Sometimes we just talk about uh, Bond or whatever. The only note I put was just too cool. Like, yeah. how he's, saying, all right, let's see how this works. And when he pops the... Uh, the parachute oh. off his chest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It looked like what I always imagined. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right, like a suave as shit right after yeah, that. Yeah. But it looked like what I always imagined an eject uh, situation should look like. Like so right. quick. In, so smooth. They yeah. do it in Goldfinger, but he ejects a baddie who's in the passenger okay. seat with him. And it's kind of slow-mo and it doesn't look good. Okay. Yeah. It's a bad special effect. But this one, yeah, it, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it helps that it was night. Like, that's still, that's a really hard stunt to do, but it worked really well, mm. and it wasn't too campy. It made sense. You mentioned at one point in the pre-title with the helicopter fight scene, there was, like, the rear projection on the close-up shots, the, the green screen or whatever. Yeah. And it just really shows how you can, now you can do the campy stuff, and it just looks good. It's believable. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because it is distracting watching those, because I always, in the old movies, I wish they didn't do the close-up. Yeah, just do the faraway shot to see the stunt man on the helicopter, the stunt mm-hmm. man skiing. But then when you get the close up of Raji and he's clearly in Pinewood in front of a green screen and it just looks terrible. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't mind it because I, I like a little bit of film history or whatever. But yeah, the close ups of Craig and that actor, it, it looked like Mexico was behind him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Little little too heavy on the CG. Like it was pretty obviously. There was I think it was like some rubble when some of that was falling. When the building came down and that that was in the pre-title, it was pretty obviously CG. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. But yeah, but it's more believable anyway. Even like the stunts and stuff, they do it all smoothly enough. Like the ejector seat, like some of the other stuff. Yeah. I love later when he, uh, when Q shows up and he's like, if you're looking for your car, I parked it at the bottom of the Tiber. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, Like, Uh, well, there were good lines. I wrote one line that really thought, there's two lines that came out that I thought were really cool too. When he said, uh, uh, with uh, Mr. White, says you're a kite dancing in a hurricane. The last thing that he said to him. Did I say that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, I love that line too. 
Oh, you already said this in the cut. Just a few minutes ago. That was like one of my favorite scenes, but I'm with you. (laughs) I love it too. You're a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. Yeah, yeah. And there's a little later on we said a license to kill is also a license not to kill. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, all right. This is a good time to talk about that. Uh, One of the other problems with this, and actually an advantage to you having not seen Skyfall, very similar plot to like, are we relevant anymore? Very similar themes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Skyfall was a lot about, do we need spies anymore? Uh, and Bond said, well, Q said in Skyfall, um, I could do more on my computer before my Earl Grey than you could do an entire year in the field. Uh, but sometimes every now, a trigger needs to be pulled. And Bond says, or not pulled. It's hard to know when you're at home in yeah. your pajamas or whatever. Mm. And that's similar to A License Not to Kill. I actually wrote down, it reminded me of Game of Thrones, uh, the Stark philosophy of he who passes the sentence should swing the sword. Mm-hmm. If you're... Like, that's what a guy with a license to kill does. You can have all the data you want, and, like, you can be convinced someone's guilty, but then when you're looking them in the eye, you have to really believe it before you take that life. And that's, like, pretty obvious foreshadowing for when he doesn't shoot Blofeld Mm -hmm. at the end, right? Which seems irresponsible (laughs) uh, to not shoot the head of Spectre, but, you know. We got more movies to make, so. Oh, man. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, too, and that's one that people don't like. Uh, I don't like how they arrived there. I hate that he shot it down with a pistol. But even though it's pretty badass, it's just kind of silly. But yeah, with I put M and M on either side. There's M and Madeline choosing mm, his life. Yeah, he's in London. West. He's on Westminster Bridge. Yeah. Do I execute this person and kill my soul and like even go, further go back to M? Probably. Go. Yeah. yeah. Do I choose M or choose Madeline? Do yeah. I give this guy the satisfaction of murdering him or do I? You know, the amount of, of information they could get from that guy. Like it was definitely the good choice to mm-hmm. not kill him. Yeah, that's true. But that definitely uh, go back to your lines in a sec. I when I saw it, I was like, don't let him go because he's about to drive off with Madeline. And sorry, I'm going to have to spoil on Her Majesty's Secret Service for you. You should watch it someday. But he. Blofeld got away at the end of that, just barely. Mm. Like, we thought he died Mm -hmm. or got away or whatever. And then um, Bond got married and they drive off in the same car. No, it wasn't the DB5, but it was like just married or whatever. They're driving off and uh, Blofeld comes by and attempts to kill Bond, but his wife was killed instead. And it like ends on like the biggest downer of any Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Like she shot in the head, laying in his lap, and he's like petting her and... Yeah. the song cues and the movie's over wow very heavy so him letting Blofeld go and then he gets in the DV5 and they drive off and like fuck and then the credits go yeah mm-hmm. couldn't believe it yeah and I thought forever that the next movie I thought they might do it in the pre-title sequence because he can't just be retired or whatever but it looks like they're going with a different angle definitely looked like that was going to happen because there were so many other majesties nods mm-hmm. yeah because she is quite a bit like Tracy and the whole clinic looks a lot like Blofeld's clinic. Yeah. And, and her dad is um, the bad guy. Yeah. Just exactly. like Tracy. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 More lines, buddy. Um, the other ones that were, that I had were just from that, uh, the bar scene after he saw Madeline for the first time. He actually asks for a martini shaken, not stirred for mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, no, I'm pretty much at, uh, <laughs> the torture scene. Tempest Fugit. I feel like even if I were a diehard Bond fan, I would feel a little bit of a cop-out. And I know we talked about this before. I would just feel like it's a bit of a cop-out that, like, the the greatest henchman in the world, the greatest villain in the world has that family tie. And I, I can understand the whole vendetta thing, but I, 
I don't feel you, like it gave its proper service. We really that. have to stretch and fill in the blanks to make it make sense, and that's bad. Most people's least favorite part of this movie is, like, they didn't have to be related. Why make them related? Mm. Why do that? We've already done Bond's past in Skyfall. He went mm. back home. He faced his demons. Let's move forward. It, they didn't need to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and they really didn't set Especially it up or flesh lo- it out enough. No. Like, and, it's just small details that... And so it, Like, Blofeld's not even a big enough villain in this, really. No, and you still could have done the love story. Everything else, like you, yeah. they didn't need to be brothers. I, mm-hmm. but it's also fine that they were. I think we can piece it together and have it make sense, like we did. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine, but yeah, it it doesn't need to be there. I don't know why people hate it as much as they do, but I do agree that it's not necessary. Well, I, I, it comes back to a little bit like you've said, like we don't have to hold this to a higher standard than the old ones. Like it, it fits right in with like not everything makes yeah. sense or is beautiful. It makes like, it just. Certainly, it makes as much sense as Colonel Moon becoming Gustav Graves and yeah. building a space laser to blow up Korea. Yeah, yeah. It makes just as much sense as just that. As much sense. A little more sense, even. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or diamonds with all of the clones. And, you know, like people do hold these newer ones to a much higher standard. Mm-hmm. Because the Craig thing is so grounded, is its kind of tone Typically. or whatever. Yeah. But I like that they're really, from Sky, Skyfall and Spectre, and it looks like No Time to Die, they're trying to do both. And I love that mm-hmm. experiment I like of staying too. true to Bond, but looking amazing and having really good fucking actors. Yeah. Like, it's rare. Like, uh, Majesties and From Russia with Love. There's a few in the old ones, even in Goldfinger a bit, where there's obviously really good acting. Mm-hmm. But there's so many that just aren't. Like, that's not... And it's not uh, the era either, because like *Live and Let Die* came out the same year as *Godfather*, and that's like the best acting that's ever been done. Like they were, they were very good actors back then. Mm-hmm. That just wasn't a priority with the old mm-hmm. ones. So it's so nice to see them really act the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like the best acting in the in those old ones. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. <laughs> I feel like um, with this movie too, I was maybe expecting more for the for the love interest. Mm-hmm. I know you said you felt the love that he had for her i i didn't feel it i noticed the arc of it more this time is what okay. i'm saying i noticed them build it and mm-hmm. i i felt like you before i it felt forced it felt like yeah they wanted that at the end they wanted the payoff at the end and i don't think they paid for it is how i used to feel but this was the first time i was along for it hmm. i was really like i said we already covered that but i noticed mm-hmm. all of the different transitions from the we're strangers not trusting each other at mm-hmm. all to incrementally revealing a little bit more about each other and finding out that they're actually really well suited. Hmm. Like maybe it's just in general with Blofeld and and Madeline, we just needed it a little bit more time with Mm. both of them. I think things could have been fleshed out a little bit more. I mean, it's already a two over two hour movie. Yeah. Yeah. Could have cut a few things maybe. And yeah, I mean, there's that classic bond thing where you don't meet the main, you know, Maddie or, um, Blofeld until like halfway through the movie. Yeah, so yeah. If, if they just did that sooner, maybe it would have been true. And is there is there like a rule that all Bond again? I haven't seen them all, but do all Bond movies have to have a boat scene somewhere? And almost uh, all of them. Again, like going back to Live and Let Die, there was another plane car chase again. Yeah, where I was just like, well, there was chases and yeah, yeah plane and car. Like <laughs> he uh, he came from the Navy, so they often do. Uh, okay, he, he's Commander Bond. He was in the Navy. Oh, I know that. Yeah. So that's where he was recruited from. Okay. So I guess I'm starting to see the um, the recipe. The formula. The formula yeah. that you'll have. We've done three of these now. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah. so it's like, oh, okay, they're doing that again. Oh, shit. Like, you're starting to see that there is a, a, you say a certain formula. And then I can understand how people become such fans of it because they're looking forward to seeing how are they going to take this formula and 
you make know, it a little bit modernize it or, or take a different take on it it's such a funny case of all the ingredients are necessary but if you dare do it exactly the same or whatever uh-huh. like if, if you remove them i'm pissed but if you just if you do them poorly i'm even more pissed mm-hmm. like casino royale didn't have a lot of them and it's totally excusable because the few that are there are amazing mm. but yeah when it's just bombed by the numbers it sucks it's it's kind of like i mean all genre films are like that like watching a slasher horror movie you know who's going to mm-hmm. live and who's mm-hmm. going to die but if there's a little twist or like oh fuck i didn't see that coming or that's a different angle on mm-hmm. it that's what makes them really good and even when it's not good, it's it's fun knowing what to expect sometimes. Mm. Even like it's something safe. like a, a sitcom or something, yeah. like you know it's going to resolve by the end, but you're gonna you're along for the ride. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Bill Burr does a funny bit about Law and Order. How in Law and Order, like 15 minutes in, there's always a suspect, and you're like, obviously it's not this guy. <laughs> we got 30 minutes to yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly it's not him. Yeah. Bond movies kind of have that. Like the first girl, you're like, uh oh, you're in trouble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're probably not going to live. Oh, a mentor. So you're going to die like an hour and 10 minutes into this movie. And <laughs> yeah. Bond's going to be sad for a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh Oh, he met an ally in the field. You're in trouble, bud. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't die. The first woman in this one. Yeah, she did. Well, he saved the, her. So there was a theory for a while that she was going to come back in the next one to be a villain. Really? Yeah. Cause she mm. was quite underused. People were upset about that mm. too. Hmm. Well, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> awesome. You know, 30 years ago, Bond movies were out and, we would watch them now and kind of say, well, look at the, the graphics on that or how they did that. looks so cheesy. Um, I wonder how movies like this, that it look like works of art um, when it comes to action scenes, how will that translate? If a Hollywood still exists 30 years yeah, from now? that's true. We're all doing VR movies yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Like, we oh, are man. the movie. I have to watch a screen to watch <laughs> Sean Connery's going to be doing them again. It's just going to be deep fakes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hologram Fuck. Connery. God gross i would almost i mean depending on what happens you know how we often talk about like disney buying bond and all of that i would rather no time to die be the last one there's 25 that's a goddamn good run i would so much rather that than a felix movie and a money penny movie and all that crap and just have it like run out of gas Mm -hmm. just because 25 is good and like these ones are awesome and watching it the way we did it's like a complete story. I can make sense of it. We'll have to see how the next one ends. It's how I felt. Yeah, I suppose. If he, he could die, and I would be happy. No time to die except right now. <laughs> yeah. He saves the world, saves Madeline, and fucking dies. That'd be beautiful. And I don't... You know, like, it's how I feel about the like the recent Star Wars trilogy. It's just, it ruined Star Wars for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind the prequel as much, because that fleshed out the world, and it explained everything. You need episode one through three. He started with four. But I didn't need anything after that. Um, I don't know if this is a question I can ask now or, you know, cut it out if you, if you want. Uh, do you guys have any theories or... Um... Well, I could... Do you have anything else for this movie? Because we have one movie left. Okay. So, if you do a kills next. And the theory that I had was... So, he and Madeline, like, quit. And... It's, say it's been a year or two later and he's restless as fuck and they fight all the time and he ditches her to M calls him to do one one off a yeah. one off mission because he just got bored and it's a super he's like it's an easy one we got this microchip guy you'll see I, I don't want to give any okay. of it away but it's it's just a silly romp and it, mainly because he looks so fucking old in it Raji is really old so I couldn't have had it Early, like before Craig's beautiful mug in this one mm-hmm. but then we'll come back to No Time to Die where they because the original trailer for No Time to Die it looked like they had already split but she's clearly in it and, but then this latest trailer I can't really tell mm-hmm. so I mean theory it's 
we're beyond theories because there's so many trailers and there's like a plot synopsis. So I don't really need. There's it. a plot synopsis. Like a rough one. Okay. Like there's a crip, there's a chemical something. This the, Safin yeah. guy, the guy Ram, Rami plays. There's some okay. kind of big biological threat mm-hmm. bonds in retirement in jamaica and felix comes down to ask him to come and help okay. that was like the original little teaser line mm-hmm. felix is back jeffrey I like felix, felix. Yeah. yeah there there was a feeling that i got when i did see the last trailer that i thought was interesting when the first trailer with daniel craig as james bond came out you're kind of looking at it being like okay this guy's james bond like you know we'll see how it's going to be when this trailer came out as soon as like you saw his face as soon as you see hear him talk it was almost as if like you got chills because like that's james bond yeah that's not an actor playing james bond anymore that's james bond and uh like you were saying in this movie here he was already there yeah um do you He's feel like it really was really there next time yeah do you feel like in skyfall that's where he really became or was it even before that for you Skyfall. Skyfall yeah. for you? you? I think Skyfall as well, yeah. I mean, now that I he is Bond to me, he's my Bond for sure. Um, even though I grew up with Brazi. Watching Casino Royale again, I totally believe it. Like, he embodies Bond to me. Mm-hmm. Like, he... Yeah. When he's interviewed, like, in this movie I want to watch, this Everything or Nothing, the documentary about the whole franchise, he knows Bond. He grew up with it. He loves it. He respects the legacy of it. Like, he gets it even more than some of the other like Brosnan mm. always wanted to do it and he's a natural but he doesn't I don't think get it and like Craig talks about going back to the books a lot when he needs uh, some inspiration mm. like he, he knows the character very well mm. so even in Casino Royale to me he embodies the character but film version of like peak Bond hits in Skyfall for sure like three quarters through the movie after he shaves when Money mm. Penny shaves him and he goes to the casino yeah, yeah. that's when he's James Bond, like the one that we know, the one that battled Goldfinger and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole movie in this one, he is that to me. I don't know if Daniel Craig will become one of those actors where you'll see him in something else and be like, why is James Bond in this? Exactly. Like Knives Out or something. uh I'm happy he has Knives Out and they signed a bunch of them. Like he's doing the next one now and like they're doing a shitload of them apparently. Oh, okay. Because it was such a hit. And that's going to be his new character that kentucky guy uh-huh. but uh i'm happy for him because every other bond post bond break out of that yeah yeah they didn't i mean pierce does uh quite a few movies here and there but like nothing near the success that bond was well what about roger moore nope no he was in the spice girls movie all right <laughs> sean connery obviously he he was in indiana he jones lot, yeah. he did the rock <laughs> he did a lot but nothing like that it's kind of hard to top it, but Daniel Craig is a very, very good actor otherwise, too. Even, like, Lazenby did one, and that's, like, his whole legacy, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Sean Connery does have a a big mix of movies, though. Yeah, he does. He's he's a bit of a different case, I guess. But still, if you say Sean Connery, people think Bond. Yeah. They don't think Indiana Jones' dad or mm-hmm. Untouchables. Some people think the Untouchables. Hunt for Red October. Hunt for Red. Mm. That's a big one, yeah. Mm. Yeah, he did lots. But otherwise, it post-Bond world wasn't... I mean, it's successful for Pierce and for Connery, but never the same height, obviously. But I don't think that'll happen with Daniel Craig. Did you see Logan Lucky? No. No? He's very different in that one. Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's not with the other guy from Star Wars? Adam Driver. Adam Driver. And uh, Tanning Tatum. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Uh, the Spooner, I always screw up. Uh, like 21 Jump Street. My original yeah. Spoonerism, and now I forget what his actual name is. <laughs> Channing Tatum. Channing is his name, yes. not Tanning Chatham. I prefer Tanning Chatham for sure. Yes. Yes. Anyway, and he's he plays a 
do you remember the trailer? Daniel Craig, yeah. he's like platinum blonde. Uh-huh. He's a con. He has this crazy high-pitched voice. It's hilarious. Oh, really? I got to watch that. Yeah. The guy who made it, uh, Steven Soderbergh made it. The guy oh. who made the Oceans movies. It's like a red, it's a heist movie. It's like a redneck Oceans 11. Instead of the classy guys who rob a casino, it's a bunch of hicks who rob uh, a race car event. Like stock car <laughs> event. It's really funny. That's really funny. Because it's like the biggest stock car event in the South. And there's a bunch, it's all cash. Everybody buys all their fucking hot dogs and beer with cash. And they rob it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. And yeah, he's in a ton of other stuff. The whatever I don't need to. This is not the Daniel Craig podcast. No. <laughs> so we should wrap up there. I'd say wrap us up, Adam. So follow us, like, comment, yell at us at 007 Bon Voyage on Twitter and Instagram. Email us 007 Bon Voyage at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us again, JP. Anytime. Thanks for having me. You've now seen half the actors. You're just missing Lazenby. Connery and Dalton and Dalton mm-hmm. halfway yeah. there halfway there and I've Whoa. got yeah you should check out uh, you should definitely check out Majesties and you always got to watch a Connery from Russia with Love mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. best Connery yeah okay, yeah. okay. I usually agree <laughs> uh, alright well bon voyage everybody bon voyage bon voyage